1: So that team, the St. Louis Cardinals ended up losing some draft picks Mm and they had to give them to the Raptors or they had to give (laughs) that would have been a really funny punishment. That would have been really weird. (laughs) Oh my goodness gracious. What's up, nerds? It's basketball. Welcome to Horse, a basketball podcast about everything except for the wins and losses. My name is Mike Schubert, and I'm joined by my trusted co-host, the USA having a FIBA team, to Jalen Brunson being called the leader of that team by head coach Steve Kerr. It's Adam Amawala. Adam, how's it
0: going? Uh, It's going well. That's got to be pretty high praise. I'm sure Mr. Brunson's feeling quite good about that.
1: It's pretty cool. I enjoy having Mr. Brunson on the FIBA team. I enjoy Josh Hart being on the FIBA team as well. Seeing some of my beloved New York Knicks play with some other really good players is exciting. And I hope much like when LeBron and Wade and Bosch all played in the Olympics together, that my boys participate in some very illegal tampering let's Mm -hmm. go baby bring them over everyone become a dick because everyone likes Jalen and josh
0: i you know i I don't see any reason why that's not possible and it's one of those things where like i guess certain things are considered tampering and certain things aren't but when you form a bond with someone or when you get to know people better and become friends with them like it's just kind of like (laughs) organic tampering is that a a term (laughs) i could use It's, you know, just
1: farm-to-table tampering. (laughs) Exactly, exactly, yeah. It's all above board. (laughs) Well, before we get into some more basketball discussions today, let's get prepared for those discussions. And the best place to get prepared for those discussions is the Teal Memorial Locker Room. They just got a bunch of really nice equipment there. All sorts of stuff that you need. Oh, upgrades? Oh, you know, you need exercise stuff. You need nice bath products. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, something that I don't have access to in my gym now since I just go to my apartment gym. We don't have like a fancy schmancy locker room. But you ever go to, sometimes those gyms have fancy schmancy locker rooms. You're like,
0: ooh. Yeah, Mr. Former Equinox boy. I'm picking up what you're putting down.
1: It was a short run and it was literally because I only did it because I was scared of COVID and uh, it was fun. It was expensive and it's no longer in my present budget. I'm just glad I got to use that basketball court one time. I miss it. I miss it dearly. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah. But alas, I've got outdoor courts near me now. So it's okay. So we're in the Teal Memorial locker room. You know who else is having a great time in the Teal Memorial locker room? I would say our patrons. And we have some new ones. We do have some new ones. So shout out to our new patrons, Jim Pergalizzi and Anna Whipperfirth. And shout out to the return of a producer level patron, Ginger Spurs Boy, and a new producer level patron, Josh Rich, aka Josh Isn't Rich. I do like the way you stylized that with Strike Through. I don't know if Josh did that or if you did that, but it was nice. Wow.
0: Josh did that. I didn't even know it would turn out that way, but I want to give you some context as to where this name comes from, because it was a lot of fun. So Josh sent us a uh, a message after they joined, and the the message said, Hey, horse dude, I was going to say that I'm excited to join the neighborhood, but spelled as a horse's neigh, and it would have been a top-tier pun. But then I typed it out and realized that's just the normal spelling of neighborhood, mm-hmm. LOL. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, we still see it, and we respect it, and we applaud it. Mm-hmm. You guys answered my question on your recent NBQ&A episode, and I thought your call-out was hilarious. I'm Josh underscore is underscore Rich from IG, and while Rich is just my last name, I thought there isn't really a reason I'm not already supporting the pod on Patreon, so please accept my apologies for not sharing the Riches earlier. I thought my patron name should be Josh Isn't Rich, pronounced with significant verbal italics in order to clarify that I'm not a greedy wealth machine while still poking fun at my name. So, there you go.
1: Look, it just proves that bullying works. (laughs) I guess it does. For anyone that doesn't remember, we said, hey, Josh, if you're rich, you should support the show. As a joke, but hey, it did work. Josh, that's very cool. Thank you very much. We really appreciate that. That is funny and fantastic. And if you are actually in... A financial situation where you can't support please drop your
0: pledge (laughs) (laughs) yes no do not do not ever (laughs) feel pressured to uh to continue to support but uh josh also said i tried to come up with some play on josh richardson's name uh, like Ah. something along the lines of not josh richards son but -hmm. i think i like the first one better anyway love the show been a listener for years josh thank you so much for your patronage and for uh, allowing us to playfully bully you into contributing
1: Yes. Now, shout out to all of our producer level patrons as well. Polly Burge, Kendra Hadley, Salvatore Testa, trust the process. Siobhan Ellsbury, don't go chasing Taco Falls. Bang, bang. Roast Beef Debris. How about the world champion Denver Steam Nuggets? Anna Reed, Steph Curry, triples, baby. Baby, bang. Hi, Trish. Nicole Arsenal. Stubby Borman gets paid. Chase Rulo, Mr. Bubbles plays ball. Naked Rachel. Sidney Crosby is a vampire. And now Ginger Spurs Boy and Josh isn't rich. Nice. Mm. Mm. I also did learn from Kelly and I sending out a bunch of messages via Patreon this week because we were finally getting around to sending out jerseys and stickers and the physical rewards that some of our patrons get. We learned from Naked Rachel that apparently Naked Rachel's children cheer in excitement every time we say Naked Rachel on the show. They go, yay! So that makes me very, very happy (laughs) (laughs) that somewhere in the world, small humans are going... Hype! Because we've said a thing on that a podcast. It's very cute. But you know what else makes me happy? <gasps> Whoa! You did the transition this time. I sure Our did. Podcast episode getting sponsored. Yeah, tell us about it. Our sponsor of this episode is Shaker and Spoon. If you want a celebration of sorts and you want to make it a boozy celebration, you should sign up for Shaker and Spoon. It is a delivery kit service that sends you a box for all the fixins to make some mixins, And by mixins, I mean mixed drinks. All you got to do is supply the liquor. They give you the instructions and all the ingredients to make three different cocktails that all use that liquor, four servings of each, and you get to learn how to make some cool stuff. I've done it in the past with a couple of different liquors, and it's really fun because I have no idea what I'm doing bartender-wise, so to learn from them is cool. They send you all the stuff. You learn about new ingredients that you didn't even know could go into drinks, and as a horse listener, you can get $20 off your first box if you go to shakerandspoon.com slash horse. That's shakerandspoon.com slash horse. You'll get $20 off your first box. It's about 50% off, which is pretty sweet, and you can have some sort of fancy event. Maybe you're celebrating your name being read on a podcast and you want to make a whole gala of it and everyone will think you're super fancy. But really, you kind of took the easier out if you sign up for Shaker and Spoon today. Hell yeah. Now, before we get into the rest of the episode, we'll take a break here for some ad reads that are inserted locally. Some of them will be read by us. Others of them aren't. The ones that aren't read by us are those locally inserted ones. You might hear them in your country's native language if you live abroad. And once those ads are complete, we'll get into the rest of this episode of Force. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards.
0: Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
1: Seeking the truth never gets
0: old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.
1: And we are back. Adam, what do you got going on in your life? You just had a big fun run in Tennessee.
0: I did have a fun run in Tennessee. It sounds like I did a 5K. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I was in uh, I was in Nashville on Thursday. I was at a club in Chattanooga on Friday and Saturday. One of our horse listeners, Annabelle, came out to one of the shows. So shout out to uh, to Annabelle for making the journey. I think from Atlanta, which is like wow. a f- two hours. So I really I really appreciate you coming out to the show and supporting other stuff that I have coming up. I guess the big ones are uh, I'm headlining Zanies in Chicago on Tuesday, September nineteenth. I would love for you all to come out to that. It's just one show So please do make it out if you can. The weekend before, uh, I'm going to be visiting my sister in the St. Petersburg, Tampa area in Florida. I'm working on potentially setting up a show down there one night, but that is TBD. And then otherwise, I've been looking at my calendar. I do think it's pretty likely that I can join you in both Philly and New York. So that's another thing to look forward to. I think that's, what is that? The 22nd and 23rd of October? 21st and 22nd. Okay, there you go. Saturday and then a Sunday. Cool. But yeah, other than that, continuing to, uh, to book stuff out for the coming months and probably early next year. But all of that you can find at Adam adamamawalla on social media at adamamawalla.com and then one other piece of big information that I haven't even started promoting yet the TV show that I was the lead in undercover comic it is now available on Tubi Mm -hmm. T-U-B-I and what that means is that it's free for everyone So you don't have to pay any dough. We're going to start really promoting it, trying to get people to watch because it is easier for people to watch something Mm -hmm. they've never heard of when you don't ask them to pay for it. Yeah. Hey, that's awesome. Congrats. What about you? Cool, 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 cool.
1: Yeah, so you mentioned those shows. I've got... A show before then, September 28th in Vienna, Virginia, so the DC metropolitan area. Already sold a bunch of tickets there, so it's going to be a really fun show. And then, and then, yeah, in the end of October, doing two Tiana shows back to back, Philly and then New York. And yes, the plan is to have Adam come through, do like a little set at the beginning to open up the show, and then me, Adam, and another guest. I believe in Philly, it would be Johnny Frolickstein. and then in New York, I think it's going to be Sequoia Simone. We're going to be talking about the first Percy Jackson movie, which is apparently a really really bad film Hmm. and it's going to be a fun time adam will be our representative of person who just watched the movie but has not read the books so you can be kind of our control substance of is this movie actually bad or are we just mad at it that that's not accurate to the book and it'll be a really fun discussion and you could come to both shows you know just get those northeast regional tickets and just kind of you know go back and forth and I think it'll be a real fun time. So you can get tickets to that and see the other things that we've got going on. I have shows in Texas coming up in December, but tickets aren't live yet. So all that information will be at my website, E S
0: slash tour. There you go. So, Adam, do we have an NBQ&A this episode? We do. And it's particularly exciting because this is from uh, Jesus Christ on Instagram. <laughs> wow. I, I yeah. didn't know he listens to the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. This is, uh, you know, the official account is at Jesus underscore Christ underscore official one, two, three. But well, the, the, the profile I guess someone, says, already,
1: took, someone already took Jesus <laughs> underscore Christ underscore official.
0: <laughs> <The> pro- <laughs> you can see the, uh, the profile photo. It's very funny. Oh, hell yeah. The, it's the, Jesus, baby. Or I guess- the, Heaven, yeah. Heaven, yeah, yeah. Excuse you. <laughs> Sorry. My, oh, uh, the profile says, Jesus Christ, he, him. So cool that Jesus Christ is using uh, pronouns, which is good. Look, um, everyone's got to do it. Jesus, Nazareth, 2,000 years old. Here's the question of the joke, yeah. though.
1: For the he, him, is it the automatic Instagram thing, or did he type it into his bio?
0: I think it's the automatic Instagram thing, but it would be so <sighs> much funnier otherwise. Well,
1: If he typed it in, the yeah. funniest joke there would be if it was he, him with a capital H each time because if you read the bible uh when you talk about god or jesus and you say he or him they capitalize the age no matter where it is in the sentence mm, that's true so as a catholic schoolboy i that's a little tidy grammar joke that would have sent me over the moon <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's great. We've got, a, uh, we've got a great question here. Also, a really good three-on-three idea that I'm just going to float out there. Um, Jesus Christ says, I don't know if you have seen Kawhi Leonard's laugh, but you should do the best and worst NBA and WNBA laughs. That could be really Ooh. fun.
1: Yeah. Kawhi's laugh is quite
0: bad. Oh, yeah. All right. So the NBQ&A, this is from uh, a while ago, and, and I'm glad we're, we're getting to it now. Everyone always debates the greatest player, but never the greatest team. Mm. what's y'all's take now we can interpret this one of two ways does that mean like the best team in the way that it pains me to say this but baseball reference like the yankees probably are the best baseball team Mm -hmm. ever just in terms of Mm -hmm. their overall success so let's go both ways right we're gonna say the best team in nba history just based on like overall success and the Mm -hmm. best individual team
1: got it so best like franchise repertoire and then best single yeah. season.
0: And people do discuss this. I mean it, it kind of ramped up again when the Warriors had their 73 and 9 regular season and people were like, okay, are they better than basically the the consensus I think, I don't want to speak for you, but I think the consensus for the two best teams ever, at least in the regular season, are the 95-96 Bulls, who were 72 and 10, kind of steamrolled their way to a championship. And then the uh I guess it would be the 2015, 2016 Warriors who were Mm -hmm. 73-9, and broke what a lot of people thought was kind of an impossible record to break. Mm -hmm. Literally not even losing double digits in the regular season, but then they lost in seven games to the Cavaliers. So much like when the uh, New England Patriots... American football reference, womp, (coughs) womp, had a fully undefeated season and then lost in the Super Bowl to the Giants, a lot of people... Helmet catch, baby! (laughs) Oh, gosh, yeah. A lot of people think that the Warriors kind of go down a notch because they didn't ultimately win the championship. Mm -hmm. Would you agree that those are kind of the two best individual teams that people consider?
1: Yeah, I would agree that those two teams are the best and also the general consensus. I would give the edge to the Bulls because I don't know what the record was before they went 72 and 10, but if there was something that they were chasing, kind of like the Warriors were, like if 72 and 10 was already the record before that 95 96 season, you don't think Michael Jordan would have willed them to get past that? Like if there was a team that went, 80 and two, Jordan would have been like, "We're not losing a fucking game this season." Well,
0: yeah. So to answer your question, the kind of unreachable mark was 70. So the the best Mm. record before that, the Lakers, I believe, um, had gone 69 and 13. So when the Bulls got to 70, that was what people thought of as kind of being like the unattainable plateau. Yeah,
1: right. I think the Bulls have the slight edge and then obviously winning the title is a big deal. The Warriors losing it is all tricky because it has the Draymond LeBron James nut punch suspension. Right. And all this other stuff that complicates it. But I would probably give the slight edge to the Bulls. Just because of the wow factor of like, if you gotta trust one team to win a game, right? Like for all the marbles, or Michael Jordan's future of whether or not he's gonna be able to roam free or be a slave to play basketball on more on Mountain for all of eternity for the Monstars. I feel like I'm trusting that team. So yeah, that I think be. I'm gonna give the slight edge to those bulls. Now, overall franchise, it pains me to say this, but I do think it is the Lakers just based on like number of championships, overall seasons, like eras in which they were competitive, probably the Lakers. Though it is frustrating, and my 3 and 3 will get into this, they do just have a history of really good players being like, hi, I only want to play for the Lakers and no one else. Send me there.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, playing in Los Angeles obviously is a very uh, appealing place, both like business-wise and just in terms of, I guess, a place to live. Despite it, you know, probably not existing 50 years from now. But apologies to any anyone listening in Los Angeles. But I will say, in terms of like the greatest individual team, I do think the Shaq and Kobe Lakers teams are up there. Mm-hmm. I don't know that anybody would think of them as the greatest team of all time, but they're certainly up there. To answer your kind of uh, question or hypothesis, though. The Lakers and the Boston Celtics are actually tied for the most championships all time with 17 apiece. And then after that, it's not even close. The next closest is the Warriors with seven and then the Bulls with six. So the Lakers and Celtics are clearly the best teams overall of their respective conferences. Now, the Lakers titles do include three titles that they won when they were in Minneapolis when the term Mm -hmm. Lakers actually made more sense. But uh, yeah, overall franchise-wise, I think it's, it's a... Fairly clear choice that it's either the Lakers or the Celtics, but if you're going like one per conference, it's certainly those two teams.
1: Yeah, no, I think so.
0: So there you go. There
1: you go. Asked and answered. And now we can get into full court press. Get it? Like the news? I do. So there are two bits of news that I wanted to discuss. First, there was a disgruntled NBA social media employee or a former social media employee that took to the NBA's Facebook page. Perfect social media for this one to happen. And they posted... How do I log out of this? Haven't worked here in weeks. Anyway, the NBA overextends its social media employees greatly to the detriment of their health and social lives for a salary of less than 50K annually after taxes. I work 14 hour shifts without breaks at times. Shout out Adam Silver. We don't get health insurance until 90 days on the job. That's silly, isn't it? Glad I resigned. No need for a job to get in the way of your happiness. Donate to mental health causes peace emoji. And then it lasted for at least 13 minutes and then was deleted by the NBA. Mm. But that's interesting. As someone that did work in digital marketing, I am familiar with things sticking around and you just being logged into official accounts longer than your tenure at the job. So clearly this person was upset. And I am not surprised that social media job at NBA was tough just because they are posting so much stuff. You have to be ready at any moment. Like Mm -hmm. the second a player does something really cool in a game, you got to do it. And there could be nights where eight games are on at the same time or at least all in within a couple hours of each other. So I'm not surprised that it's a demanding job. It makes me sad that a league that has so much money pouring into it can't pay people A lot of money like I can understand that job being demanding but those people should get paid a lot of money and you should get health benefits right away like not getting it after 90 days I don't know if that's a standard out on that stuff since I'm a self-employed boy but I feel like you should get health insurance the second you start a job.
0: Yeah, that's not normal from what I understand. I, I'm obviously also a, a self-employed person, but uh, dating someone who is uh, <laughs> who has a more more normal job and just like most of my friends do, that should kick in immediately. If we're talking about like stock options or stuff like that, yeah, maybe sometimes you have to like be there for a longer period of time. Also, I'm quite sure that the staff of the NBA social media does not get any equity in the league itself. Um, oh, no. But the only thing that I would take exception to on that rant is uh don't tell me what you make after taxes like we all pay taxes that's a weird thing don't be like yeah i only make 50k after taxes like oh so you make 75k like we all understand that taxes are a part of life it's a weird way to make it seem worse than it is in terms of what the salary might be i'm not saying that the nba doesn't grossly underpay and overwork their employees it would not surprise me at all if they do i just think that one little part i was like all right come on yeah
1: the only thing that I think the after taxes is valid is if your job forces you to live in a place and maybe because the NBA is based out of New York, they make people live in New York and that job of all the jobs. You would hope not for social media.
0: Yeah, that's
1: wild. right. You, you would hope not. So that is the only thing I can say that would be valid where maybe that's an extra frustration on their part, which is. I could work remote, but the MBA is based out of New York. They make me live in New York. Taxes are expensive in New York, which they are. But yeah, yeah. to your point, when people do complain about taxes and stuff, especially people will be like, oh, why do you pay? Like, I have people in my life who, because I could work from anywhere. People are like, oh, why do you live in New York? You have to pay so much in taxes. I'm like, yeah, because I live in New York. It's the best. Right. It's the best place. That's why it's
0: expensive to mm-hmm. live in the best place, because it's the best place. That's right because we get to play softball whenever we want in central park but we're not going to talk about yesterday because i'm really sad. <sighs>
1: it was a tough one, it was a tough one, but it's okay because we have playoff games coming up That's and true. i got a new pair of cleats so i'm going to hit Those six are home fire, runs. Dude, dude. I'm really I'm I am excited. You have so
0: many new sports shoes. You got new tennis shoes, you got new softball cleats. It, it's Gleets.
1: funny the the tennis shoes i bought so long ago, i just finally Got to play in New York, and then now they are here, and then the new softball cleats. It's also funny because both shoes that they were replacing are really old. My previous tennis shoes I bought my sophomore year of college, and my previous baseball slash actually soccer cleats I bought right after I graduated college, and I became the goalie of my work league soccer team because they needed a goalie, and I was like, I can (laughs) dive in front of balls,
0: yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they're nice, though. You should post a photo to our uh, Instagram, even though it's a baseball reference. Oh yeah, yeah, yep, exactly, exactly. Yeah, you know they're Jordans. That's basketball enough. That's true. Right? Yeah, there you yeah that'll, that'll count. Hopefully, that'll you count. play more like you play softball, like Jordan played basketball, and not like Jordan played baseball. Well, oh, yeah,
1: especially because the only thing he couldn't hit was off-speed pitches, and the only games we have left now are slow-pitch softball, so it's exclusively off-speed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is a basketball podcast, so let's talk about basketball. The other thing that just dropped yesterday we're recording this on august 22nd so maybe further developments will be there i find this so fascinating i think this is going to be one of the coolest weirdest most bonkers things to follow the new york knickerbockers my beloved new york knicks are suing the toronto raptors as well as their parent company maple leaf sports entertainment i wonder if the other Canada teams are sad that it's named after the Maple Leafs, alleging that a former Knicks employee who joined the Raptors this summer stole proprietary information and took it with him to his new job. There's also been a lot of reporting on this on SNY by Ian Begley, who's a really solid Knicks reporter. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to read through just verbatim from the Athletic article because... I can't make this sound any more wild than it is. So shout out to Fred Katz, Mike Vorkonov, and Eric Kareen, who all combined on this, The Athletic Article. And those guys also are fantastic coverers of the Knicks. So here's what it says. The guy in question, his last name is Azotam. So it says the lawsuit alleges Azotam, the Knicks former director of video analytics and player development, stole proprietary information, including scouting reports, play frequency reports, a prep book and a link to third party license software and used it in an effort to help Rajakovich, who is the new upcoming Raptors coach that they just hired in June, in an effort to help Rajakovich acclimate to his first head coaching job. The suit says that in July, around the time Azotam told the Knicks he had a job offer from Toronto, he started to forward information from his his Nick's email account to his personal oh, Gmail account. The lawsuit, which the Knicks filed Monday, names 14 defendants, the Raptors, as well as MLSE, their parent company, new Raptors head coach, Dr. Rajakovich, Raptors player development coach, Noah Lewis, 10 unnamed John Does, and the aforementioned former Knicks employee, Ikechukwu Azotam, who the lawsuit says took a job with Toronto this month. The Knicks allege that not only did Rajakovic know about what was occurring, but that he quote, recruited and used the then Knicks employee to help him build out the operations for his coaching staff. The suit alleges that the Raptors defendants directed Azotam to misuse his access to Knicks Synergy Sports, which is this online thing that all the NBA teams have access to, or at least they can if they pay for it. And it has all these highlights and different video analytics and stuff like that to the Knicks Synergy Sports account to create and transfer more than 3,000 files with film and data, including 3,358 video files. The Knicks discovered his transfer on August 15th and say that those files were accessed more than 2,000 times by the defendants. Jeez. (laughs) The lawsuit alleges that Rajakovich and the other Raptors defendants recruited and used Azotam to serve as a mole within the Knicks organization to convey information that would assist the Raptors defendants in trying to manage their team. Wow. And then it continues to assist this novice in his coaching job. Rajakovic and the other defendants conspired to use Azotam's position as a current Knicks insider to funnel proprietary information to the Raptors to help them organize plan and structure the new coaching and video operations staff. On August 11th, Azotem sent two emails from his Knicks email account to his Raptors account with what they say is proprietary and confidential information. In one email, it had a subject line called Forward Indiana Game 82, and he used an advanced scouting report of the Pacers, diagrams of more than 250 Pacers plays, and spreadsheets of play frequency, and a spreadsheet with Pacers play calls for a game... It alleges that he sent another email with similar information about the Denver Nuggets. He used his personal email account several times to send several documents containing additional proprietary NICS information. And he provided this material to the Raptors defendants at their request. And then it goes on more details about what's in the video file and how they violate New York common law and the Defend Trade Secrets Act
0: and the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. Wow. The Toronto Raptors have offered a one-word press release that just says, sorry. Yeah, yeah.
1: Just like, we'll see what comes of this. Yeah. But like, has this guy never heard of USB drives? Like, come on. What are you, If you're going to yeah. steal
0: so much stuff, how do you not
1: just drag it onto your desktop and then drag it onto a USB drive?
0: It is so poorly done that it feels like someone trying to be caught like you can't just like forward an email that's like forward subject line stuff I shouldn't be sending you like you're just asking for it Now, there are some people
1: saying that Synergy Sports is something that every team has access to. So maybe it's just some weird thing where he didn't think it would be a big deal because every team has access to it. But when you're sending a bunch of stuff to your personal Gmail account, like that never is a good look. Right. When it's team stuff, it's not like it was documents he made himself. Mm -hmm. So we don't know exactly what kind of plays and information are being sent. But yes. if it's stuff that like the Knicks made, obviously that is bad. And there was someone on Reddit who made a really good point because someone said, oh, if he's just sharing the licensing, that would be like him giving them Microsoft Word access. And then someone replied, that would be like saying if everyone can buy access to Microsoft Word, everyone can have access to any document that anyone's ever made. Right, so right, if right, it right. is stuff that the Knicks put together, that's super bad. Yeah, And there's not really a precedence For something like this happening in basketball, there was something that happened recently in baseball, another baseball reference, where was it the guy from the Cardinals hacked the Astros? Wasn't that a whole thing? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, that team, the St. Louis Cardinals, had to give their draft picks to the Houston Astros. So if that's what's happening and the Knicks get some Raptors picks, oh, I'm over the moon, baby. I'm over the moon. That'd be so good. Get us some new draft picks. So we'll see what comes of it. But this is just some true CSI NBA stuff. And I really like it. I really am intrigued by this. Obviously, it sucks that potentially the hard work of Nick's employees was stolen and now the Raptors have access to it and they've already made copies. So who cares? They're not going to lose this information. But as far as spicy drama, we are here for
0: it. Absolutely. Now, speaking of spicy drama, one final note, because I do believe our last episode came out and the horse curse lived on in a big way. Mm -hmm. I feel like we need to at least address the James Harden situation because we have not talked about it on this podcast. No, we've
1: not. We have posted something to Patreon because I recorded the day it happened just a voice memo of like, hey, I want to get my feelings out there immediately. But yeah. The James Harden and Philadelphia 76ers situation is getting gross and uncomfortable, and uncomfortable is the words of James Harden's sources, not mine. Basically, James Harden does not want to be a part of the Sixers anymore. He requested a trade, and... He did a whole thing where he opted into his contract so that the Sixers could trade him. They didn't end up finding a trade that they wanted, whether that was no teams really wanted anything or they just knew that they didn't really have to offer much and they're not trying to put a lot on the table right now. For whatever reason, the Sixers didn't find a trade that they found palatable. So now they've decided we're not going to trade him, or at least they're saying that maybe to get teams to offer more and James doesn't want to be on the Sixers. He had said that he doesn't want to report to training camp, but because of his contract, he legally has to because of this weird obscure clause in the CBA mm-hmm. that if you're in the last year of your contract, if you don't show up for a team services, they can prevent you from playing basketball in any professional league, not just the NBA. Hmm. Like they can That's prevent very interesting. you from playing anywhere. Now, they would have to like retain the rights to his contract and that would go against the books. So I don't know that the Sixers will actually do it, but... Right. They could threaten that to him, where he legally cannot play professional basketball. So he'll probably just show up and not play hard. But he was in China for an event, I think, promoting Adidas and his shoe brand and stuff, because just like Derrick Rose, his Adidas shoes do really, really well in China. And he, on microphone, on record, said that he would never be a part of an organization that Daryl Morey is a part of because he was lied to. And then he said, let me repeat that and said it again. And now because of those comments, the NBA is reinvestigating the Philadelphia 76ers, who they already investigated. And didn't didn't they get them in trouble? Like, Didn't they take away some of their second round picks or something like
0: that with the tampering? Yeah. So the speculation from everybody who knows about the situation is that James Harden essentially agreed to take less money from Daryl Morey. With the understanding that Maury would build a championship team around him and also the understanding that he would then make a bunch of money on the back end with whatever the next extension or contract offer was. It seems like Daryl Maury has not honored that, but it also, I don't think you're really allowed to do that. Oh, you're super not allowed to do it. Or, Or make like under the table guarantees to people. So
1: it's a bad look. No, you definitely can't do it. You can't do it for sure. Teams have gotten in trouble doing that in the past. I think the Pistons did it a while back and lost draft picks because of it. So it can get really messy and ugly. So they already investigated, and and that was something that they didn't find. But now that James has made these statements, the NBA is like, oh, was was there any truth
0: to it? Yeah. Like, is that... So yeah, and look, it's well documented on this podcast and everywhere that James Harden can be a grumpy boy. But in this case, I kind of, I'm kind of team Harden. I feel like if he got screwed over, then yeah, he, I would imagine he does want to go somewhere else. Right. It's one of those things where what probably
1: happened is what you're saying. Daryl's like, yeah, we'll pay you later. Don't worry about it. Then James wasn't super good on the Sixers. So Daryl's like, oh, I didn't sign anything. Right. So he's trying yeah. to get out of it.
0: Like basically uh, backing out of a handshake deal is, is how I'm perceiving it. I
1: think that's exactly what it is. And yes, that is not illegal, but it is a dick move. So yes, I think Daryl Moore yeah, is probably Yeah, it's immoral. It's like unscrupulous. Immorial. Oh, mm-hmm. very nice. <laughs> But yes, uh, as you said, in a very Clyde Frazier way, it is unscrupulous and uh, dubious and and ludicrous. But yeah, I feel bad for James, but it is one of those things where like, I don't know, it's just like the weird nature of contracts and stuff in the NBA where it's like, Mm -hmm. you can look at it certain ways and think that James is being the problem where it's like, well, you did opt into a contract to play for the Sixers, and now you don't want to be on the Sixers. But it's like, yes, but he did that because of the financial incentives. So, yeah, it's tough, but I think it's a situation where, like, there's fault on both sides, but in this particular instance, I am siding with James because it does kind of seem like he got screwed over by the Sixers. But then other things like, I don't know, behind-the-scenes stuff, whatever is not working out. Maybe it is just down to the money. But, like, Joel Embiid did win the MVP last year. So, like, how do you not want to just be on the MVP's team? I don't get that. That's weird. But... I think it's probably just down for the money and he feels like he was wronged. It feels like this is a not basketball reasons decision by James and that I can see being valid because I don't know, it's just, it's weird working conditions to be an NBA player where you can get traded and don't really have say over your personal life. Like that's something we even had to ever deal with. So it's just strange and we'll see how messy it gets, but it feels like Ben Simmons round two where like it's going to be ugly and uncomfortable and drag out until the trade deadline and then he'll get traded Probably to the Clippers, which is like the only team who's really interested in him.
0: Yeah. All I'm going to say is uh, I cannot imagine being confident enough to buy a James Harden jersey Where oh. whatever team he goes to. That is is that mm-hmm. that is a fool's errand. No, don't do that.
1: Don't do that. Now, before we move on to here, that actually happened, I did get a notification that one of our followers on Twitter, Sarah, just tweeted that they did purchase the Shaq cookbook. And I think some <gasps> other people have purchased it. Oh, and yeah.
0: We better be getting a little kickback here.
1: I hope we do. But not only did Sarah get the cookbook, but Sarah tweeted, getting amped to make a Shaquille meal." Oh, I mean, I mean, (laughs) that's pretty good. Now I'm mad that the book is not called Shaquille Meals.
0: Like, come on. Come on.
1: Damn. That's really good. It's really good. It's really good. Okay. What's up with uh, your that actually happened?
0: Well, Mike, it's August in New York City, which means that it is hot. Uh, but did you know that 20 years ago this month, New York City was so hot that there was a blackout throughout the entire city? Oh, no, I did not know about this. Yeah, it was very dramatic. Uh, it is, is- uh, it's something that people talk about a lot. I wasn't living here, obviously. At that time, I was in New Jersey. I was still in high school. Um, they depict it also in the in the musical and film In the Heights. Ah, I'm not trying to be a pedant
1: here. But is this the same thing as the brownout? I feel like I've heard my dad talk about the brownout in New York City before.
0: I don't know. Uh, it's. Okay. I mean, it's, pro- it's possible that it's something that's happened multiple times, but I don't think so. But okay. I also don't know. He just tells the tale of one time
1: he had to go into New York to get our friend Josh's dad, Chris Pacifico, had to Basically, pick him up because his car was on one of those things where they like raise yeah, up the yeah, car yeah, in like yeah. a little car elevator, and because power was dead, he couldn't get in his car. So my dad drove to New York to pick up Chris and drive him back to Jersey.
0: I think all of those garages like that. Every time a car goes up on one of those lifts, they should just play like five seconds of that Josh Groban song. <laughs> you raise me up. <laughs> that was good. That was a good impression. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Anyway. There was a blackout 20 years ago, but did you know that this blackout deprived us of one of the greatest pickup basketball games ever that never happened? Oh, whoa,
1: whoa, a weird flip that never happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I want to start by shouting out loyal horse listener and friend of mine, Freddie Lopez, who, by the way, coined the term horse. Okay. Um, but Freddie sent me an article about this incident a couple weeks ago on the 20-year anniversary of it. So let's paint the picture here. It's August of 2003, uh, the summer between my sophomore and junior year of high school. What was Mike Schubert doing in the summer of 2003? He
1: was getting ready for sixth grade.
0: It's a big big time of transition. Yeah,
1: yeah. I feel like that was a point in time where I was really getting into travel baseball was like really ramping up. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I guess school's getting harder now that you're getting into sixth grade yeah. Um, probably did some little trips and stuff to the Jersey shore but yeah he's just living his you know little New Jersey teenager life all right now we're gonna have some fun here and by teenager I mean preteen because I was going yeah. into sixth grade
0: <laughs> on the day of the black as August 14th 2003 I will give you a thousand guesses as to what was the number one movie in the country Ooh, okay okay okay
1: I also will say what I was actually doing relevant to you, I was probably Mercer County Community College tennis camp. Nice, nice, That's what I was doing. I was not there
0: yet, but I- You were not there yet, but I was was,
1: laying forth my legacy. 2003, the summer of 2003, the top movie. Well, the top song I could tell you is Let's Get It Started by the Black Eyed Peas, but the top movie? Uh, It actually wasn't. We're going to get to the song next. Whoa. Yeah. Was it it Let's Get Redacted? because.
0: Okay. That's very funny.
1: Now, I'm going to get, was it
0: Fantastic Force starring Jessica Alba? It was not. I'm going to give mm. you the lead actors, and I bet you're still not going to be able to guess what this movie was. The okay. lead actors were Samuel L. Jackson, Colin Farrell, and Jeremy Renner. <sighs> Lucky number 11. It was a movie called SWAT, which I assume was about SWAT teams. I've never seen it. I bet it was bad. Never heard of it. But it was the number one movie Mm. in the country at this time. There we go. Now, the number Mm -hmm. one song in this country on this date, it was not Let's Get Redacted, but it was a song that you probably saw performed in person within the last month of your life.
1: In the last month of my life. It wasn't, I did just see Carly Rae Jepsen and it did change my life.
0: It was certainly not Carly Rae Jepsen, who was probably Mm -hmm. a child.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, she was, she was, I mean, she's only like a couple years older than me. So yeah, I think, I think she would have been pretty young. I don't know the new jeans would have been born. I did see them. They're Gosh, like you've 18. been
0: to a lot of concerts recently. I'm thinking what of a went, massive concert that you went to.
1: Oh, oh, a massive concert. that. I, oh, Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Beyonce. Okay. To, is it crazy in love? It is. Oh, good, 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 good. That's way better, way better than Let's Get Redacted.
0: Yes, absolutely. So just giving you some context of what was going on at the time. Also, uh, fun fact, gallon of gas, $1.59.
1: Sounds you know, pretty good. as a New Yorker, it's so funny. Whatever people complain about gas prices, I'm like, I don't know, man. Like the whole time <laughs> when like all the like Ukraine, Russia so people, oh, gas is like six dollars a gallon. But like, oh, not I don't fucking know, man. Yeah. I'm just subway's two seventy five. Exactly. Well, now <laughs> it's just, 290. did it's just two ninety. I'm so, I'm so fucking pissed. I'm so <laughs> fucking pissed off. The MTA doing this whole thing. We need more money. Give less money to the goddamn police, Eric Adams. I don't give a shit. We have seven thousand cops out there. Fuck that. Let uh, by seven thousand, I probably mean eight hundred million. Keep the fare lower. I don't... Talk your shit. I've never seen you angry. So, I've just... We pay more money to the cops than, like, large countries do to their entire military. Mm -hmm. It's so stupid. Give all of our money to libraries, teachers, and public transit.
0: I'm actually surprised that they didn't just make the jump to $3. Like, it's funny that they went from two seventy five dollars to two ninety. dollars Like, just just rip off the band-aid. Just start charging us $5 a ride. What are we doing? Uh, So disappointing. All right, anyway, let's not get uh, too sidetracked here. So... That's what was going on in the country. New York City was a sweltering 91 degrees that day. But the heat would not deter the crowds gathering at the famous Rucker Park in Harlem for what was to be a showdown of epic proportions. Just for some context, Rucker Park, we've we've talked about it before. It's one of the most famous public basketball courts in the world. It is like a 10-minute walk from where where I'm sitting right now. I've actually not been over there. I need to just go there and watch some of these, like, summer league Mm -hmm. games because they're notorious for having, like basically like pro-am games is probably the best way to describe it is people who played um, in college or sometimes even professionally who are are playing in these games. And it's a place that like Julius Irving used to go play back in the day. And Kevin Durant's been there. Kobe Bryant's been there. So very famous place. Now at the time, the aforementioned Jay-Z and Fat Joe were both at the top of their games in the early 2000s. And a beef between the two of them had been growing. And if there's anything you all know about beefs, it's that we here at Horace love beefs. Now, famously, mm-hmm. rap beefs have ended violently and tragically in some cases, but uh, in this particular instance, for reasons that are not entirely clear, uh, Jay Z and Fat Joe decided to squash their beef on the basketball court, Space Jam style. Oh my goodness. I
1: have never seen either of these people play basketball, but I don't know. I mean, Fat Joe, Lean Back was his big song, maybe his really good post game.
0: Jay-Z. Fat Joe actually does reference his basketball game in a song. He says, I've got a wicked jump shot, but let's be real. Ain't nobody going to give a fat redacted a deal. Okay.
1: Okay. I have no idea, Jay-Z. I don't think he's ever really rapped about his basketball prowess to my knowledge. I know there's probably a song where he did because he has so many out there, but I would watch his game. I believe the best
0: rapper slash hooper is uh, Master P., who actually oh, played Master like P. in the uh G League or whatever it was called back then the CBA and then Jake Cole very good basketball player. Yes,
1: yes. They they are pretty solid. Pretty pretty solid. Yeah. I guess if you count Damian Lillard as a rapper. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> he, he would be pretty good too, but I think he's more of a hooper.
0: Also honorable mention to really bad person Chris Brown, very good basketball player and mm. the person who I like, Lil Dicky, surprisingly good hooper. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Um so Both being shrewd businessmen as well, uh, Jay-Z and Fat Joe used the game to promote their respective shoe lines. Debuting earlier in 2003, Jay-Z's introductory signature shoe, the S.Dot Carter, was priced at $150 a pair, which is a lot. Um, That's a lot back then. And uh, early editions of the sneaker even included a CD with snippets of the Black Album months before its release. Side note, Black Album is in my top five rap albums of all time. Absolutely unbelievable uh, album. Now, in any case, the shoe was selling well, but Jay-Z wanted to keep the momentum going. At the same time, Fat Joe was on the verge of being the first artist to have a collaboration with Jordan Brand. Now, obviously, a lot of people have Mm. that now. Drake has has a deal with Jordan Brand. A lot of other very famous entertainers do. But ironically, it was a different rap beef that would prevent that deal from actually materializing. According to Fat Joe, he had met with Jordan himself like six times and they were planning to move forward. But in Fat Joe's words, quote, that's when my 50 cent beef was really, really on. We had went at it at the MTV VMA Awards show from Michael Jordan's mouth himself. He was like, I want to do it, but you know, I'm not into the rap beef and all these problems and this and that. That was it. That's where he backed out of it. Mm, There you go. This
1: is just uh, an example. Don't let Arguments get in the way of business opportunities.
0: In any case, Jay-Z and Fat Joe settled on a date for their one-time basketball tournament at Rucker Park, August 14th, 2003. Initially, the game featured top-tier NBA players, including Jermaine O'Neal, Zach Randolph, and Sean Marion. Then there was My Steph- God. Then Yeah, then there was Stephen Jackson and Stephon Marbury. Jay-Z then recruited Lamar Odom, Kenyon Martin, and teenage phenom Sebastian Telfair. Wow. Um, an incredibly highly touted prospect and a New York legend. Uh, But things really got serious when Jay-Z announced during an interview on BET's 106 and Park that he had convinced LeBron James, who was about to play his first NBA season, uh, to play in the game for his team. Fat Joe countered by adding Carmelo Anthony to join his squad. And remember, this is the summer that LeBron was drafted first overall, Mm -hmm. Carmelo third, uh, Chris Bosh fourth, and Dwayne Wade fifth. We will not speak of Darko Milicic, although now I have. Mm -hmm. Now, as if that wasn't already wild enough, Fat Joe then recruited Yao Ming to play on his squad. (laughs) Apparently, Allen Iverson and Mike Bibby had also agreed to play in the championship game for Fat Joe's squad as well. But not to be outdone, Jay-Z saw Fat Joe's Yao and raised him a friggin' Shaq Daddy. Oh my God. That's right. This is like better Shaq than himself, an all-star game. <laughs> I know it's ridiculous. So Shaq agreed to play, and uh, I'll post the clip to it. But according to Shaq, and this is a, a direct Shaq quote uh, quote Jay Z sent the plane, and I came up because they said Fat Joe had Yao Ming. You know, Fat Joe's my guy, but when they say they want to bring Yao Ming up to the city, you know, I got to come shut that down. And then in closing, he says, "All day, every day, baby, Diesel Dog Mafia." Amazing possibly the greatest quote of all time. Meanwhile, why does he Fat, hate Yao so Joe, much? <laughs> oh, he doesn't hate Yao. I think he just like wants to, you know, put on and, and show that he's the they best got a big man. Yeah.
1: I got to be the big man. <laughs> yeah. I told Kobe, I told Phil.
0: <laughs> So meanwhile, Fat Joe was talking shit to LeBron, telling him, quote, you play against little white kids in high school, you ain't gonna do nothing out here. I mean, he is not incorrect. No, but still. Yeah. No, it with with the power of hindsight. Pretty bold. Yeah.
1: But if there was ever a time be that. right before LeBron has ever joined the NBA, is probably the only time you want to maybe. But the last time. Yeah, <laughs> the, last the last time opportunity could be he could beatable.
0: When all of the recruiting was said and done, the projected starting lineups were as follows: playing for Fat Joe's squad. Allen Iverson, Stefan Marbury, Carmelo Anthony, Jermaine O'Neal and Yao Ming. That's a squad. <laughs> playing for, for Jay-Z squad, Sebastian Telfair, Jamal Crawford, Lamar Odom, Shaq and LeBron. Uh, I mean that
1: that the Shaq and LeBron like the first three don't pack as much of a punch, but Shaq and LeBron on your team,
0: man. Man.
1: Yeah.
0: So the game was scheduled for the evening of August 14th. According to reports, Jay-Z went by the courts at uh, 2 p.m., and there were already approximately 10,000 people gathered Not there. enough. That's uh, not enough. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I have no way of substantiating that claim, but I believe it, honestly. Yeah. Um, however, at 4.11 p.m., New York City went dark. The situation was pretty dire, honestly. Firefighters had to rescue thousands of people stranded in elevators. Thousands more were stranded underground after the entire New York City subway system lost power. In a lot of cases, passengers had to inch their way through the tunnels in near total darkness, like uh, as people who live in New York, you can imagine how disgusting that would be to like walk your way through a subway Mm. tunnel. And also remember, this is long before everybody had a flashlight with them Mm -hmm. via their smartphones. Roughly 400 trains ended up stranded that night. Some commuters slept in the street. It was pretty bad. Meanwhile, up in Harlem, where the basketball game was to take place, players sat on buses waiting for the lights to come back on. They never did. And the game never took place. Everybody left. Everybody went back to their respective cities and homes. Uh, Power was restored in most of the city after a little over 24 hours. Uh, In some cases, it took up to four days. (gasps) But by then, the opportunity was gone. Um, The game had been scheduled for a Thursday night. Jay-Z was heading out of town the next morning, win or lose. Um, The lights at Rucker finally did come back on the next day, but uh, it was too late, the players and crowds had left, and all that remained was speculation about what might have been. Uh, as time has gone on, the lore of this game has continued to grow. As legend has it, uh, Tracy McGrady was going to be there. Amari Stoudemire was going to play. Chris Weber was there. In a lot of cases, it sounded like people were going to show up to, like, quote unquote, sit on the side and watch in street clothes, and then like dramatically change into basketball oh clothes my to play. God. Um, the more I've learned about this game, the more I'm not entirely sure what was real and what wasn't. Like, it's taken on this kind of legendary status where year after year, people build on the story until it's like, Jay-Z recruited Michael Jordan and then Fat Joe recruited the ghost of Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah. <laughs> but the the wild thing is, from everything I've seen, including interviews with the actual people involved, LeBron and Melo and Shaq were all, like, definitely there, ready to play Um, And it was this perfect moment in time where all of these guys were still young enough and at the points in their career where they would even be willing to participate in something like this. But um, obviously, it was just bad timing. Now, to put things in perspective, a basketball game not happening, uh, however epic it might have been, pales in comparison to the greater ramifications of the New York City blackout. But for the purposes of this podcast, we here at Horse mourn the loss of the greatest game of pickup that never was. And while that never actually happened, this segment did. Wow.
1: I had never heard of this. That's incredible. And uh, yeah, I feel like on the 25th anniversary of it, they should do it. Like they should get everyone together. And yeah, they'll be older, but like, come on, make it happen. You think
0: a 48-year-old LeBron's gonna be playing on Black? No, I
1: mean, maybe not a rucker. Maybe they, maybe they should do something. Like, this is too yeah. good. Oh man, that's cool. I'm so glad to learn about that. That's fantastic. Thank you, thank you,
0: thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, two, three, three, two, one, three on three. So
1: for my three on three we've got a situation going on right now in the league multiple people in this situation where you have players on teams that they don't want to be on got james harden and sixers got damian lillard and the portland trailblazers so what i put together for my three and three are the three longest trade requests that eventually were fulfilled and the three shortest trade requests that were eventually fulfilled just quickest turnaround from i would not like to be on this team to, oh, look, I'm on a new team now. The longest and the shortest great. version of that. So I'll start with the long ones because they just involve people being grumpy and then eventually getting traded away. Mm-hmm. But the short ones get interesting. So our third longest one is Anthony Davis went from February 2019 to June 2019. So right before the 2019 NBA trade deadline, Anthony Davis tells the Pelicans that he wants to be traded. He's not going to sign any sort of extension which this is a courteous thing. It's basically the, hello, if you would like to trade me this year, you can get some value for me rather than me leave for nothing. So this is actually like semi a nice thing that he did in theory, but then it eventually pretty quickly turned into not a nice thing because his agent, Rich Paul, put out a statement, basically told every other team, because he only had a year and a half left on his deal at this point, told every other team, don't trade for me because if you do, I'm not going to re-sign with your team. So that changes a lot of the landscape where a certain team isn't going to give up everything for Anthony Davis if he's only going to stick around for a year and a half.
0: Davis was telling teams that? Or, or Rich, Rich Paul,
1: Paul his agent, that. basically put out this statement saying, you know, for any other team, this would just be a rental. But if he's on the Lakers, he would extend right. there. So yeah. he gave them advance notice, but really kind of put them in a situation where no team really wants to give up a lot. And Mm -hmm. then the the Pelicans are, you know, trying to find other teams, not just the Lakers, because then the Lakers don't have to offer a lot. The Celtics deal was getting close, but then I think Anthony Davis's dad put out a statement of like, he doesn't want to play in Boston. So it just kind of dragged out to where it seemed like, okay, he wasn't going to go to any other team except for the Lakers. This was at the trade deadline of 2019. And then for the rest of the season, the Pelicans started doing some fun petty stuff where they deleted him out of the hype video that played in the arena before games. And it was clearly like a more Anthony Davis centric video because you can see that kind of thing where it's just like a bunch of players. And then usually Anthony Davis in the middle is just not Mm -hmm. there anymore. So they did stuff like that. Then they started sitting him from games, even though he was healthy. The NBA had to get involved saying that they were going to find the Pelicans. Because you have to play a healthy player if you don't have any other good reason. Yeah. Then there was that famous thing that we talked about on horse where. On the last game of the season, he wore a that's all folks shirt and tried to act like it wasn't intentional, which is one of the worst lies anyone's ever done ever. And then finally, they did end up doing the big trade with the Lakers that offseason before the start of the next season. He should
0: also wear a shirt that says that's all folks every time he stubs his toe. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. He does
1: seem to get hurt quite a bit. But yeah. they end up big, making big tree trade. fall hard. <laughs> big tree does fall hard. So <laughs> he did get traded to the Lakers, and they actually did get a decent return. The Pelicans they got a lot back, so it wasn't like he got totally screwed. So the well, second they got one, Brandon
0: Ingram. Wasn't that like? Wasn't he? They got Brandon Ingram. The they
1: got Lonzo Ball. They got a bunch of picks. Yeah. They got Josh Hart. Like they got a solid return for him. Which and what, what about Josh Hartnett? Not
0: involved. What about Josh Hartnett? An actor. Oh. Oh. Sorry for the sirens. But okay, we can edit all this out yeah. anyway. What was Josh Hartnett in? Never heard of him. Black Hawk Google. Down, among other things. He was like a heartthrob from the early oh, 2000s. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess he's in Oppenheimer? No? Or was he just at
1: Oppenheimer? <laughs> I just Googled him and there was an Oppenheimer <laughs> thing
0: behind him. So you're trying to figure out if he was in it or he just went Maybe to the movie? Maybe he just went to the premiere, you know? Oh. <laughs> I thought there was an article that's like... Josh Hartnett goes to film. <laughs> Spotted at AMC. Let's see.
1: He's he's there, I would
0: assume. Maybe he was he's, there. It one.
1: says the Oppenheimer actor, 44, wore a sleek gray
0: suit. I changed my mind. I want to keep okay. all of this in. <laughs>
1: Josh Hartnett was not in the trade, but they ended up getting a good return. Now, the second longest drawn out trade request was Ben Simmons, July 2021 to February 2022. We did talk about this quite extensively on the podcast, but basically ever since the very dramatic, very awkward Hawks series where Ben Simmons shot like 30% from the free throw line and passed up a wide open dunk, it was just not looking like he was going to be a part of the team. After this loss, he basically told the Sixers, I don't want to be here please trade me. And then there was the situation where they couldn't find a trade. He wasn't reporting to camp. He cited mental health issues. Then there were back physical issues. Then he ended up showing up to practices because the Sixers were withholding money from him. He had that one practice where he had his phone in his pocket, which is not a good look when you're a professional athlete. And then the Sixers withheld $20 million from him. He sued the Sixers. He got settlement where he got some of the money back and they ended up trading him in February of 2022 for James Harden. So just a long, weird, grumpy, confusing one got real messy with the whole is he actually hurt? Does he actually have mental health issues? Just not a fun one. We talked about it a lot. Number one, though, the longest one, which does actually have some dramatic intrigue and some me feelings involved. Carmelo Anthony, from June 2010 to February of 2011. This is at least the longest that I could find of like a truly well-documented, like player officially spoke to team about wanting to be traded trade situation. So before the 2010-2011 season, Carmelo's agents let the Nuggets know that he wasn't going to extend. This is after famously in the 2009 Western Conference Finals, the Nuggets lost to the Lakers who ended up winning the title. And then the Nuggets traded away some good players and didn't sign some other players and just very much did not look like they were doing what you should do, which is if you lose in the Worcester Conference Finals, let's load up and try to win this thing next year. And Mello was like, clearly they're not committed to contending. I'm in my prime. My contract's coming up soon. I'm going to get out of here. He said on record he wanted to stick around in Denver, but the organization just wasn't going all in and he couldn't in good conscience for his career do so so it's an unfortunate thing but it was a weird nuggets front office thing yay the nuggets finally won good for them so here's (laughs) what yahoo news said about this meeting they said that it wasn't a productive or pleasant meeting and multiple sources said that it could be the point of no return for anthony and the organization these sources say it's not a matter of if the nuggets trade carmelo but when and for whom he's being traded for said it was a given that they're going to move him now, to make things even more awkward, the owners of the Nuggets, Stan Kroenke and Josh Kroenke, attended Carmelo Anthony's wedding that summer, which was in New York City, and they sat through wedding toasts made about Anthony playing for the Knicks by Carmelo Anthony's brother and Chris Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so, tough. Yeah.
0: That's tough. I believe Carmelo Anthony's wife shares a name with a teletype. La la. Ha-ha. Indeed. <laughs> so, <laughs> then... They
1: had to hear these talks. The reception spiraled into an evening of Chris Paul and Anthony's brother making toasts about a future partnership for Anthony and Paul in New York with the Knicks. I did learn over the course of this research that uh, Chris Paul wanted to go to the Knicks in the CP3 trade, and then it didn't work out. It made me really sad. I also learned that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, when he forced his way out of Milwaukee, wanted to go to the Knicks, but they had all these other circumstances where they couldn't, and then he ended up in the Lakers. Just, ugh. Oh.
0: What do you mean when you say the CP3 Oh, trade? the
1: Chris Paul, the, the one that you talked about in episode 76 of Horse, the like CP3 to the Lakers. Mm.
0: How did you know that off the top of your head just immediately what episode number that was? Oh,
1: because I looked it up last night to make sure that we did talk about it on the podcast.
0: Oh, okay. I was going to be like, are you Rain Man?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, he will come up in one of the shorter ones. Okay, gotcha. Uh, so I was doing some research. Is that a, but, is that a short joke? Uh, no, but he is short. Mm -hmm. Comparatively, he's like six feet tall. (laughs) But that's a tiny little baby boy in the NBA. So Mello wanted out. He gave them the advance notice, basically saying like, look, I'm not going to sign the extension. This is my last year here. If you want to trade me, trade me. And weirdly, by Melo being more professional about it, he did screw himself over a little bit because it kind of made things where teams actually had to put up good things to try to trade him. You'll see some players do this now when they want to go to a particular place. They may get very public because then the team they're going to doesn't really have to give up a lot. So then when that player gets traded to that team, right? They're better.
0: But you're screwing the place you're leaving.
1: Yes. So Carmelo did this like the nicest way you possibly could. Gave them a lot of notice. Didn't say, I got to play for the Knicks. Denied any report about him wanting to go to the Knicks, even though that was where he wanted to go first and Mm -hmm. foremost. He basically kept it open to where the Bulls, the Nets, the Rockets, and the Knicks were all making offers and it all seemed legitimate. Carmelo was very professional, didn't make any public statements about wanting out. Everything that was done with the team was through his agents. He stayed quiet about it and that allowed these teams to have like a true bidding war and the Knicks had to trade up a good amount of stuff to eventually get Carmelo Anthony. So he really wanted to keep it professional, which he did and I'm glad that people don't really like paint Carmelo in a bad light for forcing the trade out. I yeah. think generally people who are in the know understand like mm-hmm. he did this the best way you could and the Nuggets got a bunch in return and now you'll see years later they were set up to be a very successful franchise because they had good players and Yeah, players the Knicks trade. They
0: got a player whose name was very fun to say after he made a shot Danilo Gallinari. Yeah. Him not being on the Knicks that was sad. It was it was fun.
1: It was fun when he was on the team. Very yeah. fun to have a big Italian boy on the Knicks. <laughs> So let's now get into the short ones because they are fun and wild. So the
0: third, as no woman said ever, let's now get into the short ones. <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm this kidding. Hey, we, we, love we, we love it. We love it. We love a short king on this show. We're just joking <laughs> now, around. The- oh, that wasn't a penis joke. That was a hype oh, joke. Just I to be clear. Was, I thought it was a penis joke.
1: <laughs> it can be both. Oh god or neither. <laughs> so the third shortest one is from Eric Bledsoe. Do you remember that I don't want to be here tweet from Eric Bledsoe? So I this don't. was one of the funniest things. I remember this going down. This is October 22nd, 2017, a tweet that is still up on Eric Bledsoe's Twitter Flares. account. It is not deleted. You can still look at this tweet. He tweeted, "I don't want to be here," don't spelled capital D no apostrophe. So I don't want to be here. Tweets that. With no other context, here's the context. The Phoenix Suns, who had been quite bad for the past three years, and Eric Bledsoe had been traded to that team from the Clippers, they just lost their third game of the season 130 to 88, which is a lot of points. And the Mm -hmm. Suns even fired coach Earl Watson after three games for their pitiful performance. Suns were in a really, really bad situation in the late 2010s. So he tweets that out. And according to general manager Ryan McDonough, Eric Bledsoe told the team that this tweet was referring to him not wanting to be at a hair salon he was currently at, which is also one of the worst lies I've ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) And about this, Ryan McDonough said, quote, I didn't believe that to be true. <laughs> yeah, no, neither he did I. He went anyone. on to say, he won't be with us going forward. So then 16 days later, they trade him <laughs> and he was no longer with the team. I don't want to be here. It was so funny. It was so funny. And... I've never heard of somebody scapegoating. And a I want to know more. Was yeah. he getting his hair done, and it was taking long? Was a friend of his or his significant other? Like, was someone getting their hair done, and it was taking too long? Were his kids? I don't know if he had kids at the time. Like, were kids getting hair cut, and it was taking? Like, I don't know what it. I, I need to know more about the lie. It's, sometimes it's, I sometimes I feel like tweeting. I don't want to be here. Just about Twitter. Itself. You know, it does just keep getting worse and worse. And yet, and yet, here we and yet, are. And yet we remain. And yet we remain at horse underscore hoops on X. (laughs) (laughs) Every time people send me a link to a tweet now, and instead of it saying twitter.com slash a bunch of letters and stuff, when it's X.com, I do have to reread it like three times because it looks like a scam thing. Because with just being a one letter
0: URL, it looks like a fake website. I wonder if it was hard to get x.com it must have existed it's one of the
1: only like smart business decisions he's ever made is he just like got in on a domain before it was really expensive Mm. that guy sucks at business the only good thing about twitter being just burned alive in front of our eyes is it proves this guy's not smart he's no idea what he's doing anyway number two shortest is chris paul now, we've talked about the famous CP3 to the Laker trade that got nixed for basketball reasons on episode 76. Oh,
0: nixed. Pun uh, not intended.
1: Damn it. I didn't know he wanted to go to the Knicks until I was doing this research, and I should stop doing three-on-threes about trades because turns out there are a lot of people who do want to go to the Knicks, and then they don't get traded there. So this is an interesting one. It is the second shortest one, no matter how you look at the CP3 trade, because first... When the first trade happened, the one where they did trade him to the Lakers and then it got vetoed by the NBA because the NBA owned the Hornets, which is a wild situation. That was seven days after he put in his formal trade request. Then that got undone. And then he was getting traded to the Clippers, which eventually did come to fruition. 11 days was the first time that they had a trade in place with the Clippers. But then that one also got vetoed by the NBA until two days later when they changed a couple of the terms. And then he did actually get traded to the Clippers. So no matter how you look at it, seven days the first time, 11 days the second time, or 13 days the last time. It is the second shortest turnaround that I could find of player wanting out to getting traded. Yeah. And if you want to learn more about this trade, just listen to Adams that actually happened in episode 76 of Horse. And hmm. now for the number one shortest trade. Are you familiar with the Robert Ori towel throw to Danny Ainge trade? So Robert Ori is a player who played in the 90s and the 2000s. Big, Big Shot Shop Rob is his yeah. nickname. Was yeah. Oh, it Bob and or Rob? I thought it was Big Shot Bob. Either way. So, he hit some big shots. He did hit some big shots, giving his nickname of Big Shot Bob, multiple-time champion. He was on a couple of different teams, but there was a time where he was on the Houston Rockets, and the Rockets had a little bit of a playoff rivalry just from being good in the Western Conference with the Phoenix Suns, which is where Danny Ainge was playing. And Danny Ainge is a notoriously dirty player, just like cheap shots, really just... Po- like, think Patrick Beverley. That's kind of who mm-hmm. Danny Ainge was, except just... A more punchable face. I don't know. Like Danny Ainge Danny <laughs> is like, I don't know. Something about, something about his, his, his hair, his white guy facial expressions, mm-hmm. doing wrong things and then doing the, what I do wrong? I don't know. Sup- super frustrating dude. A lot of people hated him. Robert Ory was one of those players. He about the said, quote, cool, I hated Danny Ainge. I'm not even going to lie. This is in a podcast years later talking about this situation. We just beat them so many times when he was in Phoenix and I was with the Rockets. Mario Ellie is one of my good friends and in one of the playoff games, Danny Ainge took the ball out. Danny Ainge was a pitcher. He hit Mario in the face with the ball on purpose. The next game we played, we lost that game because all we tried to do was hurt him, Robert Dory. Danny Ainge did admit that it was a dick move to just chuck a basketball at Mario Ellie because he was upset. And it's a not good look if you watch the play that we can link on the episode page of oh, I do love that they lost the game because the whole time they were just trying to beat the crap out of Danny Ainge. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> Really funny. Yeah. So pretty early into the season, you have a game where Robert Dory gets off to not the best start. He's one for four from the field. So if you're shooting twenty five percent, you can have your coach. It's only four shots though. Yeah. So I, I I don't think he was playing necessarily the best, just a substitution. But Robert Dory took offense to this, so he took a towel from the bench when he was getting subbed out and threw it into Danny Ainge's face. Now, he was like maybe three steps away from Danny Ainge. So it's kind of funny where he just like tosses it and completely covers his face. Now, (laughs) about this later on, this is years later again, Robert Ori was doing like a Twitter Q&A and someone asked him about the towel throw at Danny Ainge's face. Do you regret not throwing a bigger towel? Ori quote tweets this and says, no, just wish there was a brick in it with two laughing emojis.
0: Wow. Tell us how you really feel, Robert. Yeah,
1: geez. So he throws a towel into Danny Inge's face and then he gets suspended for two games, which was the maximum that you could get suspended by your own team during the CBA at that time. So they suspend him for the maximum of two games. And then... The suspension is over, couple days pass, he's supposed to play in this third game. But before the third game can take place, he was traded. So he got traded four days after throwing a towel in his coach's face. He literally threw in the towel. He did, threw in the towel, four days later, finds himself on a new team. Amazing,
0: (laughs) amazing, amazing, amazing.
1: So yeah, those are the three longest and three shortest trade requests that eventually did turn into trades. And oh, uh, yeah. that was my three on three. One Very final cool. note. When I did say that Danny Ainge was a pitcher, he was literally oh, yeah. a pitcher. He played in yeah. the MLB. He was in the Blue Jays organization and he played for three years. Yeah, wild. Wow. Thanks for listening to this episode of Horse. Horse is hosted by Adam Amawala and Mike Schubert. Our editors, is Kensei Saramaki. The music is by Bettina Kapamanez. The art is by Allison Wakeman. The
0: website is by Kelly Schubert. And the social media is by both of the Horse Boys. Thank you to our producer-level patrons, Polly Burge, Kendra Hadley, Salvatore Testa, Trust the Process, Siobhan Ellsbury, Jump, Go, Chasing, Taco false. I just said that like a, a trap rapper. <laughs> bang, bang! Roast beef debris. How about them world champion Denver steamed nuggets? Anna Reed, Steph Curry, triples, baby! Bang! <laughs> Hi Trish, Nicole, Arsenal, Subby Boardman gets paid, Chase Underulo, Mr. Bubbles plays ball, Naked Rachel, Sydney Crosby is a vampire, Ginger Spurs boy, and Josh isn't rich. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Horse Hoops and on Twitter at Horse underscore Hoops. Because- Horse Hoops
1: uh, was the towel guy for the Robert Dory mm. Danny Ainge situation and really shouldn't have left that towel so close to an angry Robert Dory.
0: Should have known better. Yeah. Go to our website, horsehoops.com, for links to some of the fun stuff we talked about today, including that very towel incident and an interview of Shaq referring to the Diesel Dog Mafia.
1: Yes, the Diesel Dog Mafia, of course, of course, respect, respect, respect. And if you want to support the Horse Boys, like a lot of our new patrons are doing, you can do so at patreon.com horsehoops get access to a whole bunch of content, get access to physical merchandise, which Kelly and I have been mailing out this whole week, jerseys, stickers, notes, where we compliment you and thank you all fun stuff there you can also go to horseshoots.com slash merge to get sup nerds it's basketball t-shirts or digital merchandise as well And to close out this episode we're going to say something on the count of three put our hands in the middle what are we feeling
0: hmm i don't know well
1: i do think because the season is ending and it did work where the last time an episode went out we did then win the playoff game for our other team
0: that is we true. do have a
1: team that is still in the hunt. I'm wearing the playoff mm-hmm. shirt as we record this because I like to wear these shirts as like pajama shirts before the games because they get really sweaty and gross. So just you know reduce my total laundry intake. That's good The smart. dog pound has a game coming up. Two games today and then doubleheader playoff tonight. Game playoff game Thursday. Thursday. I think uh, I think we just say go dogs on three. All right, I like it. All right, it. go dogs on three. One, two, three. Go dogs. Go dogs. Let's do it. Let's win
0: Chumba, ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.